Hi, this is Vanessa, and I wanted to apologize if there's any echoing this. Um, I say it later on in the video, but there's some circumstances which have made it a little bit difficult to record, and things should be better around the 16th-ish of April. But yeah, I apologize if there's any issues with this. We were trying to make do with what we had, and True Crime Tuesdays and Film Fridays will be back once we get the situation under wraps. So I'm sorry, and thank you for understanding... Hi, this is V2 or Culture Cabaret or Veronica and Vanessa, and there's something we've want, been wanting to make, I guess, a podcast about for a long time, and that's definitely anime that has absolutely destroyed us. Yep, because we cry a lot when we watch anime. And uh, it was kind of hard to narrow these down, so we tried our best, and we'll go from 10 to 1 on what, you know, got us the most. And just, you know, to preface this, yes, we will be talking about spoilers, so if we mention a yes. series that you haven't been caught up on, when we get to it, make sure that you either skip or stop listening, because we don't yes. want to spoil anyone. Please. Major, major spoiler warning. And also, these are based on the animes in particular, so there are mangas for a lot of these that we're talking about, but we're talking about the animes. We know some stuff came out before the other, but yeah, just to... Yeah, just to keep it simple, we're just talking about the anime, yeah. because, you know, there are some that we have on here that started as an anime, and some that started as a manga, so it's just easier if we talk about just the anime. And even a visual novel, which brings us to number 10. That's a good transition. <laughs> yeah, that's a good transition. <laughs> so, I wanted to talk about Togaino no Chi, and it's, like I said, based off of a visual novel by the same people that made Dramatical Murder, if anyone cares. Um, but, so, there's a lot in Togaino no Chi, which is... Uh, very interesting and cool like the plot basically is that uh, J Japan is separated into two different areas there's a CFC in Japan and then there's also another area called Nigorin I think is what it's called and uh, there's this game that you have to play in a place called Igura and uh, you have to collect dog tags and you have to collect a full set of dog tags and you can bring those dog tags to this guy basically and then you win the game but to get the dog tags, you have to either kill someone or get their back has to touch the ground when you're fighting them. So uh, you have to wear the the um, dog tags around your neck so you know that other people are participating because you can't just go killing people willy-nilly or allegedly can't do that. <laughs> so You're not supposed to. Exactly. But do they follow the rules? No. Because there are these two executioners and they don't follow the rules um, at all. And also, there's this thing... There's this drug called Rain in the game, R-E-I-N, and it's a drug that enhances your strength, but also has crazy withdrawals, so if you take it and you don't have it, you basically can die or go crazy. Um, Naturally. Yeah. So it's very addictive, and yeah, so that comes into play. But there's this guy, he's the main character, his name's Akira, I think he's supposed to be like 20 or something like that, but he's a fighter in this group called Blaster. And he, uh, they, they have much more strict rules, unlike Igura, where you can kill people, they just fight. But he's falsely accused of murder, so he's arrested. Oh. Yeah, I know, right? And this woman comes from the government, she's like, hey, you want to come to Igura and participate in this game? And he's like, why? And then she says, well, you'll be free if you win. And he's like, okay, whatever, it's fine. And he has a best friend named Keisuke, and Keisuke here doesn't want him to go obviously and he's he's his childhood friend and he's always been by his side so he's upset that he's leaving but akira is you know leaving whatever going to igura so he does and later on as he's walking around keisuke is like hey what's up and he basically followed akira there and um 
Keisuke is the kind of person where he's not strong, he's not confident, he's just trying to be there for Akira because he cares for him. Um, so, yeah, Akira is, you know, getting dog tags and doing everything. Um, Keisuke feels like he's useless to Akira because he can't help fight or um, puts himself in compromising positions and Akira has to save him, especially with executioners who just go around killing people when they feel like it. Um, of course. So, right? But the part that got me the most was <laughs> okay, well Keisuke gets the grand idea. He's in a really bad place because um, you know, <laughs> I know, right? She's shaking her head. Because you've told me about this, I know mm-hmm. what's gonna happen. <laughs> Akira is basically being like okay, well, you're not helping me. And then Keisuke gets upset and he finds this place to hide and he finds a, 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 I guess, a vial of rain and he takes it. So then they're looking for Akira. There's a group of um, people that come together, a group of guys that are in Blast, or that are in Igura, and they're all trying to find Keisuke. And Keisuke comes over and he's trying to kill Akira. And obviously Akira doesn't understand, but then he's like, yo, did you take did you take uh, a rain? And he's like, yeah, and I want to kill you now. So he's, Akira's trying to help Keisuke, you know, not go crazy and kill him or kill himself. Um, But in the anime, it destroyed me because Keisuke doesn't make it. And Keisuke was my favorite character. His death is really sad because Akira has to kill him. And as he's dying, he professes his love to Akira. Oh my god. Are you kidding me? That's not right. They can't do that to you. But... The visual novel, you can go on his route and you can, he, he stays alive and it's really wholesome. Mm, it's pretty wholesome. Mm, uh, there's the, Trigger warning for the game. There is a lot of inappropriate stuff, but I'm there for Keisuke. So yeah, that is why it, number 10 is Keisuke from Togano Nochi. What about, and now we have number 9, which is Danganronpa 3, End of Hope's Peak Academy. So... Uh, obviously, Danganronpa spoilers, I will be talking about the games and the anime because I will have to talk about the games a little bit for it. But um, So Danganronpa 3, if you're not familiar with the structure of Danganronpa, the order in which you're supposed to watch and play them is Danganronpa 1, Danganronpa 2, Danganronpa Ultra Despair Girls, and then Danganronpa 3, the anime, and then the game V3. Jeez. So there's like a weird order to it, but... um. So, Danganronpa 3, the anime, is both a prequel to Danganronpa 2 and a sequel to Danganronpa 1. So, there are two arcs. There's the Despair arc and the Future arc. And the Despair arc is the arc that I'm going to be talking about because that's the one that is the prequel to Danganronpa 2. And if you have not played Danganronpa 2 um, and you don't care about being spoiled, um, at the end of Danganronpa 2... Um, all of the characters who have died throughout the game are revealed to have not actually died, except for one specific character who was who was an AI program. Um, and this character is Chiaki, but then in the Danganronpa 3 anime, they kind of explore the class a little bit more, and Chiaki, you find out, is actually one of the students from the class before the tragedy happened, and before Junko cre- uh, created the Ultimate Despairs. Um, so... Chiaki is a member of the class. She, you know, she's the one that brings everyone together. Um, Hajime is, like, new to the class, and she brings... Er, well, he's not in the class. He is part of the reserve courses, which means that he is not a special student. He's just a student at Hope's Peak, but he doesn't have any talents, and he wishes that he was one of the regular students, so they experiment on him. So Hope's Peak wants to create the ultimate hope, so they turn Hajime into 
Izuru. Um, but before all of this, Chiaki tries to bring him into, like, her friend group with the class and kind of befriend him because he's kind of lonely at the school. And so she's kind of the person that brings everyone together and she becomes the class president and she leads the whole class and everyone becomes really close to her. And so when Junko starts taking over the school, she traps Chiaki in a maze and this maze basically is to go what she thinks she's going to be saving her classmates so she's going through this whole maze trying to save her classmates and there's traps everywhere so she's going through and she's trying to get to her friends and meanwhile all this is happening they're watching on this on a screen and she's going through this maze and she keeps getting shot and tortured over and over just trying to make it to the end and at the end she's basically like crawling trying to get there and she gets to this door that has the word goal written on it and she opens it and it's her teacher but it's an illusion and as she's reaching out to her teacher she gets stabbed through with a lance and then she falls forward onto a bunch of other spikes oh my god so and the class is watching as this is all happening and junko's counting down as she's just like being tortured and tortured and so everyone who's watching it are being brainwashed at the same time and like this huge tragedy that they're witnessing like their beloved like class president being like tortured and killed right in front of them kind of just is what creates the ultimate despairs and that's what makes them into the ultimate despairs and it's just it's so tragic and horrible and it's it's a huge like act of betrayal because she believes that she's finally getting to her teacher and then she gets stabbed literally in the back as that's happening which mirrors um, Mukuro, which is Junko's twin sister's death in the Danganronpa 1 game and anime, where she is at, she's killed by her sister and doesn't even know why. And she gets stabbed through with spears in the back as well. Um, so it does mirror that. And also, it is the first actual like execution in the Danganronpa series chronologically, and which is interesting because the last execution in the Hope's Peak arc is actually her AI's execution in the game. Um, but that, that's the reason that she, she came back in the game was because the class loved her so much and missed her so much that they manifested her and she actually was put into the AI program because that's who they wish they could see again. Um, cause they revealed that the program that they were all put into to rehabilitate them by the people from the first Danganronpa, the people who survived, um, the Future Foundation, they actually set up the program so that it would bring back somebody that they missed. Oh my god. And so they brought back Chiaki, and so they have to watch her die again. That's traumatic. Yep. It's horrible. It's so traumatic. It just, ugh, it's awful. I mean, there are so many horrible, sad executions and moments in Danganronpa, but I think the worst part of Danganronpa 2 is that Chiaki was a real person yeah. and they have to watch her die again. I think also you it's one of those animes too, well mangas, whatever you want, whatever the you know, there are different yeah, things for game, all of them. Game, yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. That you can't really choose your favorite character because they'll probably die. Oh yeah. And, and the worst part is if you pick somebody that you like when you're playing Donny Rampa and you're like, oh wow, my favorite character is getting a lot of attention this episode. Uh oh. Yeah, exactly. If somebody if your favorite character starts getting like a lot of focus in an episode they're either the killer they're the victim or they're involved i know there's there's some like manga that i've read and anytime you choose a character just like that that you're like oh wow this one's my favorite they're yeah. gone they're yeah, they're gone fine. see this thing like in the game i feel like the deaths don't hit you as hard because you don't yeah. see them happening you just kind of like see someone who's dead and then you have to investigate it and then the killer gets executed but because they killed someone you don't feel as bad for them but chiaki her execution in Danganronpa 2 
she didn't even mean to kill Nagito. Mm-hmm. He set it up so that she would kill him by mistake, and then she gets executed for it. It's just, it's awful. I think also why it may be more dramatic in the anime, too, is because when you're playing the game, you have to focus a lot. And yeah, and, and they show you the whole thing. Yeah. Like, you're just, and it's a, it's almost yeah. the whole episode. Oh, wow. It's the longest execution in the whole series. Oh, my God. Well, it's important, then. But I think it's kind of interesting that her death in real life starts and creates the ultimate despairs, and then her death in the the AI death actually ends the era of the ultimate despairs, and they become rehabilitated through that. So, That's crazy. Yeah, she's kind of like the start and the end of the executions of the Hope's Peak arc. Poor thing. I know. She's she's a great character. I really love her, and just I, I really like what they did with her character because it really made me very yeah. emotional. Also, <laughs> yes, when we wrote these or when we watched them, we obviously cried, and we're obviously trying not to cry. I mean, I lack emotions, but for some odd reason, anime affects me. Um, so please disregard if we need to pause or anything. So, yes. And also, when we're making these, if they're off, like there's no True Crime, um, True Crime Tuesday or uh, Film Friday, it's because we're going through something right now and they probably won't resume on schedule until uh, mid-April. And I'm sorry about that, but we're trying to do the best we can, so please bear with yeah, us. Yeah, some circumstances came yeah. up and we're just working on dealing with it, but um, we sh- things should be a lot better mid-April yeah. for sure. And number eight on the list is number six. I know, confusing. (laughs) Um, But this one, it kind of affected me a lot, but not as much as other things because it affected me more because it's such an open-ended anime and manga that you kind of have to assume what happens, and I will get to that. But there's this kid named um, Shion, and he is... Like, at the point when he's 12, he has the best life. He lives a very privileged life. He has all the latest technology. Every lives in a huge house, you know, has his family and everything like that. And one night, he see there's a storm and the door opens. The door opens to his balcony and there's a kid there, a kid around his age. And he is... This is on uh, Shion's 12th, 12th birthday. I don't know if I said that. But the kid just says his name's Nizumi and he is obviously injured and Shion uh, opts to help him even though this kid's a complete stranger and they end up bonding and Shion ends up taking Nizumi in for a little bit can't tell his parents because obviously he finds out that this person is wanted you know by the government and you know by officials and everything so if he if he tells his parents then he'll probably be sent away um but they long story short it ends up being discovered that he's that he's basically housing an inmate or whatever, if you will, and uh, of course, yeah, right. And they always so, have to find out. exactly, it, it could it could have just ended there, but no, no, they can't no. make you be happy, of no, course, absolutely not. So yeah, he gets caught and his whole family gets affected. They, they lose their house, they lose all their privileges. They have to go live as kind of like commoners, if you will. And uh, like the mother gets a bakery and she works there instead of having this big, you know, luxurious house and. Um, it goes on to four years later when Shion is doing... He's kind of... What happened to um, Nizumi? Oh, you'll find out. Oh, okay. Don't you worry. <laughs> so they just do a time skip there? Yeah. Okay. He gets taken away, basically. And then there's a time skip, yeah, four years. And Sorry for anyone listening if I'm asking questions. I've never... There's some things that yeah. Vanessa's watched that I've never watched and vice versa. Yeah. We're, ge- we're genuinely interested in what the other person has. So because we haven't watched a lot of these together, like Veronica said, but... Some of them we have, and we will get to those. Yes, we will. And we will be emotional. So it goes on to four years later, and he's 
kind of working, Shion's kind of working as, he's just working at a park in this little car thing, making sure there's no trash. And then he looks at the CCTV, basically is what it is, when he's working and he notices that there's like a dead guy on the ground and he looks really old and obviously he he's like all sunk in it and whatever so Shion goes to check it out and he's like wow that's that's weird um and then he goes back into his office where he's with another guy and then it starts happening to the guy and then the guy dies and then this kind of wasp thing kind of emerges from the guy so they're <laughs> i know it sounds weird but they're basically these wasps that age pe people so quickly that they die and um since Shion was in the same room as the the guy that it happened to he is falsely accused of this uh this guy's death so he gets arrested and he's getting sent to um jail basically and lo and behold four years later nuzumi comes over on his motorcycle i think it was or is there another four-year time skip this was before oh, okay, that was before saying, like, okay my bad oh no worries i was just clarifying yeah no you're right <laughs> nuzumi comes by he Help, he basically saves Shion and Loki kills the cops um, but yeah so he takes um, he takes Shion because they can't go back to the, uh, number six which is the place where where uh, Shion lived they can't go back there because Shion will be arrested obviously so Nizumi takes him to this kind of hideout he has outside of number six and also, if I say rat instead of Nizumi, he's called rat in the anime quite a bit. <laughs> Weird, right? Rat. Yeah. There are a lot of rats in the anime that kind of do stuff for him. They're like his assistants, if you will, oh, like bringing notes and stuff. But so... <laughs> the rat man. He's the rat man. That's what he is. <laughs> he's, he's a, a rat very man. cute rat man. <laughs> so uh, basically, Nizumi hates number six because of this massacre that happened and he wants to kill and he wants to destroy everything and everyone in number six and basically start a new world. And uh, Shion doesn't want to, obviously. He thinks that number six is the best. You know, nothing can get better than number six. And oh, nothing. I know, right? And Izumi's like, no, nah, you're, you're stupid. It's I'm going to destroy it. And Shion's like, oh, please don't. And then they kind of have this thing where Nizumi says, well, if you don't want to help me or you don't approve of this, you're my enemy. And Shion doesn't want that. So they kind of have this weird relationship where... Shion doesn't want to let Nizumi go, and Nizumi obviously wants to destroy number six, but... So, Nizumi that night notices that Shion has the... It kind of looks like a hive on, on his neck. Yeah, and that's where the wasps come you from. You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm serious. But th this is the part that me up, don't worry. Oh, great. <laughs> but, so, he starts aging, or whatever, and uh, they are able to... I, I don't... I don't exactly remember how, but they're able to stop it, whether it was uh, taking something out or whatever, but they're able to stop it, but it wasn't in enough time to the point where Shion's hair turned white, he got red eyes, so you're you're kind of your favorite kind oh, of boy. perfect. Know, right? The best. <laughs> and his marks on his face. And oh, no. I know. He, he looks great. Uh, so, yeah, then he's there, and they realize something crazy is going on, and... Um, so they're both on the run at this point and they develop this bond because they they i mean they had the bond when they were 12 but now as they're older they the bond deepens and it's it's uh kind of insinuated that maybe they have feelings towards each other and i it's sometimes considered to be all sometimes it's not she just looked like a picture of Shion and she approves yeah, yeah so i was giving Vanessa a thumbs up yep. and then <laughs> really uh, if you look up um the other character 
um, then you'll see um, him. Yep. Oh, wow. see black hair anime. Yeah, that's right. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Right. We love that. <laughs> so, yeah, they are basically running away together, and there's this hub where the government's doing all this stuff, and uh, Shion has a a friend that this friend um and she was like a childhood friend to him and she wants him to come back because she's in love with him and he doesn't love her back but he's like i'll come back you know in this many years and if i feel something for you then we can do the deed um (laughs) weird right (laughs) but uh so she is in love with him and he isn't reciprocating it but she's still going after him worried and talking with his mom they're trying to figure out where he is um and all this stuff happens with her she ends up dying um but the part that messed me up was they go through all of this at at the, this point they're inside of this place and um and rat is shot and he's basically about to be killed by this government official but then um Shion kind of goes a little crazy and kills the guy so he saves rat and then they they escape they hide in this thing full of bodies they go through everything together and finally they're able to escape and destroy the government kind of thing and it's really really um great how they end up together and they both don't die which love that for me but at the end once they get out of there nizumi's family or not nizumi shion's family is okay and everything like that but he isn't sure if he wants to go back to number six or not but he says he wants to stay with rat but lo and behold, he wakes up the next morning and Rat is gone and he never sees him again. He, Are you kidding? No. He says, well, you know, in three years time, maybe I'll see you, whatever, whatever. No. He just says nothing to him and just leaves. And it's a very emotional ending. Um, but it made me it made me cry, obviously. But yeah, so it was a very sweet buildup. But then it was just like a shot to the heart. And oh, yeah. That sucks because it's like you get no closure. Exactly. Because they were, they were so... <sighs> Oh, that sucks. I'm done dirty, man. I'm so sorry. No, it's... I know you feel it, too, so we struggled. Okay, so number seven is Death Note. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to preface this by saying that I don't think Death Note should be this low on the list, but I don't think that the deaths are necessarily... Or the events that happen in it are necessarily sadder than the ones from the higher numbers, which is why it's number seven. But I think Death Note has some of the, the very sad moments, okay. but um, I feel like part of Death Note where you might not feel sad the first time you're watching or reading through is if you're rooting for light then you're mm-hmm. not going to care if the good guys die exactly and i feel like a lot of people when they first read or watch it don't really care about the good guys dying because they're rooting for light and they're like well obviously if he gets caught then it's going to be over so i don't want them to get caught but um yeah so the big one from death note that really messed us all up <laughs> is l's death i mean we all knew that it was going to happen and i feel like if I didn't love Elle so much, it wouldn't have hit me as hard because I was rooting for Light initially when mm-hmm. I was reading and watch. Well, when I was reading it initially, and then eventually when I watched the anime. Um, but just Elle's death is so tragic because, like, it's it's just it proves how much like Light preys on other people, especially how he manipulates Misa's Shinigami into writing Elle and Watari's names in the Death Note in order to protect Misa because she already cut her lifespan in half getting the Shinigami eyes for Light. And so Light manipulates Misa Shinigami into writing their names in the Death Note, which, and for reference, the Shinigami named Rem is the only person who's ever, like, truly, like, cared for Misa and does this for Misa. But in doing so, it does cause the Shinigami to die and erases Misa's memories of having the Death Note and having the Shinigami. So Misa 
not only loses the only person or she, thing that ever cared about her, but she doesn't even remember any of it. And so that's why I think Misa's suicide at the end of the, the, the anime mm-hmm. is so sad because she lost everything, but she doesn't even know it. Yeah. And she just feels empty, but doesn't know why. That's so sad. I know. It's just, it, it's just that's really sad. But Elle's death specifically, like, because he, he, he sees what's happening and he on video watches Watari die and starts calling for him and you can hear his voice crack and break and his face just finally like Elle is just so stoic the whole time like or fun and then all of a sudden you see him show true fear for like the first time in his life as he realizes what's happening and his voice cracking and seeing like looking up and seeing light smug face as he dies is just heart-wrenching so messed up because Elle and Light are both very likable characters as you know someone who would watch and read Death Note but just knowing the fact that Elle dies when it should have been Light in the very beginning well you know, you know what I mean yeah it's just com- completely unjustified and sad I completely agree and if you're not super familiar with Death Note which I'm, I would be surprised if you haven't heard of it yeah. but um the premise of Death Note is that there's a high school student who has a book fall from the sky called the death note and if he writes someone's name in it they can die and he decides to use it to kill criminals but then you know kind of loses himself in the process and there's a task for this task force that is started to stop him and that task force is led by l and light's dad and so light gets in with the task force and l and l and him kind of know who each other are and they, but they become kind of friends and enemies at the same time, and they, like, spend a lot of time together, so it's just, it's very, it gets to the point where it is, like, a huge betrayal, because, like, you can see that Elle kind of starts to trust Light a little bit, just to be betrayed by him, and he, you know, he realizes, like, he should have been cautious the whole time, like he was, but, you know, he couldn't prevent this. Um, the task force is also the source of another character's very sad death, so in, earlier in the series, um, an FBI agent comes to help with the task force named Ray Penber and Ray Penber you know meets Light by accident and Light you know is like oh my dad's part of the task force why don't you write down the names of all of the guys in your in your team and then I'll forward the names to them well Ray Penber doesn't realize that Light handed him a page of the death note to write all of these names down into so he inadvertently kills all of his friends and then sits there and watches Light's smiling face on the from the train platform as he then dies himself and so his fiance appears later, or like a little bit later in the series. Her name is Naomi Misora, and she is trying to figure out how her fiance died. Um, so she needs to meet up with the task force because she has all this information about Kira, and she really, really wants to, you know, to tell the task force what she's discovered. Well, who does she meet on the street while she's trying to meet the task force? But you know, the leader's son, Light, who is Kira. <laughs> So, basically, he manipulates her into telling him everything that she knows, and then he tricks her into revealing her name, and she's so careful the whole time not giving him her name because she knows. But, you know, she trusts him because he basically tells her that if, you know, she doesn't give him her name, then she, he can't pass her info along to the task force. And he he kills her right there. He You know, he takes out the death note, and he... he like her death is just so sad because the way that he kills her is he basically has her commit suicide in a way where her body will never be found oh my God. which means that no one in her life is ever going to get closure just like her fiance didn't so that's it's just that's very sad too another really sad thing is just the way that like light's family all suffer because i mean his dad is is killed 
in a blast. His sister is kidnapped by the mafia and is returned in a catatonic state in a wheelchair and can never function normally again. And then his mom is just alone. Her son dies, her husband dies, and her daughter can't even speak to her. And she just sits there at the end of the series with her son, her husband's ashes in front of her and breaks down. Jesus. And it's just, it's horrible because everyone in the whole series believed in light, especially his family. And just for them to, like to suffer like that because of him is just horrible and i don't know if people are going to care so much about this death <laughs> but um my the saddest death for me is Mello's death because he's my favorite character um so for people who aren't familiar so when l dies the t- uh the task force is supposed to be taken over by someone else well l was succeeded by two people who were the top of this orphanage called whammy's house that raised people to you know basically be l's successors and so Mello and Nier are, like, the two top students, but they don't agree, and they have different methods, so they decide to work on it on their own instead of working together to take down Kira. So Mello and his best friend, Matt... Love him. Nessa's favorite. <laughs> both leave and decide to work together. Um, and there's just this... Oh, God. Well, Mello not only blows himself up trying to, like, stop Kira but then he watches as like everything that he's ever built like that he's tried for and he almost almost gets there he's like so close to stopping Kira and you know his idol L is dead his you know he he's blown up he watches as Kiyomi Takada's men gun down his only friend in the street that was so messed up yep and then Kiyomi Takada pulls out a piece of death note from her bra and writes his name on it right after and then he dies too it's just it's and he was so close to stopping Kira. It's just, it's so messed up and it's sad and it's... Poor Melo. I know. No, Melo did not deserve that. Oh, he went through a lot. Exactly. <laughs> the scar, you know, yeah. everything. And I know he, Melo did go through a lot. He really suffers. But, I mean, Light's death is another death that's like a big, big one in the series. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing about Light's death is just how in the anime they portray it. Because, I mean... It's so, like, he gets to the point where he's basically unstoppable and his own Shinigami betrays him and writes his name in the death note and kills him, which he knew would happen all along because Ryuk warned him, but he got cocky and he forgot. And, you know, if you sign, like, basically if you sign up with a Shinigami, you don't get to go to heaven or hell, you just die. So when he's collapses on the staircase, in the middle of the staircase between the two floors, it really does symbolize, like, him just... being in purgatory and never being able to go anywhere else and just being stuck in the middle and i think that that's a very sad very poignant like framing of that scene so i think that the anime does a great job of making light's death very 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 well orchestrated they did they they just did a great job it was very tragic and also very entertaining not not the not the deaths but you know yeah and the the color scheme of the last Mm -hmm. episode was just with the like the very vibrant like colors as lights dying were just really well done well and also death note is such a unique concept you know there are so many mangas and animes where it's just the same thing but different death note is so unique exactly because it's just it's such an interesting concept that you haven't really like seen before um so yeah i guess that's pretty much it for death note i mean a lot of characters do die so, I mean, I feel like it does deserve a place on the list, but I feel like their deaths aren't as tragic as some of the later deaths, or, or even scenes, so that's why their death note was number seven. 
Yeah. Which leads us on to number six, which has a very similar premise to Death Note, where there's an egotistical maniac who decides <laughs> to kill people as a means to, you know, make the world a better place. Can you tell her favorite trope? <laughs> yeah. Enemies to lovers you wish. <laughs> oh, it, it kind of is. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. I mean, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean, it was intended to be just like Death Note. Yeah, well, Death Note, well, they... It doesn't was supposed to be a BL. We love, we love that. We love that. And, and the next one on the list, Code Geass, was <laughs> illustrated by Clamp, and the characters were designed by Clamp, so we have to assume that they're they're gay because look at everything else Clamp has done. Exactly. I mean, like you said, Suzaku's a confident bisexual. We love oh, that. Oh, for sure, Suzaku's definitely bisexual. We love that. We do love that. I feel like Lelouch doesn't really have the capacity to love anyone except himself, and maybe Suzaku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, and his sisters. Oh, there you go, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that leads us into Code Geass. So, for those of you who may be unfamiliar with Code Geass, it takes place in an alternate world where Britannia has taken over the world and has turned Japan into a colony. And the Japanese people in, in you know, the district are... Um, treated you know like lesser than everyone else than the britannians they're treated like you know second class citizens they're tortured they're shot nobody nobody cares if they're killed um and so lelouch is the main character and he grew up alongside suzaku who is japanese and he watched his own mother be killed and crush his sister underneath her which led for led to her becoming crippled and her legs are no longer work and she also went blind from the trauma so he you know was a son of the royal family everyone thought he was dead too because they thought he was killed at the same time so he and his sister are in hiding and pretending not to be part of the royal family um and he goes by the name of Lush Lamperouge and his sister by Natalie Lamperouge and they go to this school called Ashford Academy and then Suzaku, his childhood friend, who was the son of the, I think, Prime Minister of Japan, who was taken in by the Britannians to become a pilot for the Nightmares, which are, like, the robots that the government uses, um, they, they reconnect at the school and they have their own issues with each other because Lelouch was part of the royal family, and Suzaku knows this, and he wants to help the Japanese who are being oppressed and Suzaku who is a Japanese person has sided with the Britannian government and is now working for them trying to make things better from the inside and Lelouch doesn't see his point of view and vice versa um so they and they don't so Lelouch disguises himself as this vigilante named Zero by putting on a mask and he orchestrates basically he's a terrorist and he orchestrates all these big you know events in order to try to complete his goals well, his sister, one of the princesses, Euphemia, realizes that Lelouch is zero and that he's still alive and confronts him about it and talks to him about how she wants to build a better um, a better place for the Japanese people. So she and she wants to create like a, a in Nippon, they're going to make like a safe zone for the Japanese. And so Lelouch and it... it she approaches Lelouch and asks him to work with her, and he agrees to do it. For the first time, he's like, let's do it. He's like, let's let's have the Japanese people move here, and it'll, it'll be safer for them. And then he decides to tell her about the Gios, and this is one of the most tragic scenes in the whole, in 
the whole series, but his Gios malfunctions and his Gios is an ability for him to control somebody's mind, but he can only do it once on any individual person by looking them in the eyes. And he just has to say something and use the Gios and he can control them. Well, he's telling Nunnally about the Gios, or Nunnally, he's telling Euphemia about the Gios because he wants, she asked how he was able to do all of this. And he tells her about it and she doesn't believe him. And so he says, oh, well, if I told you to kill all the Japanese people, like, you would totally do it. And his Gios accidentally activates. And it's just so heart-wrenching as Euphemia is begging him not to make her kill the Japanese as the Gios is taking over her mind and rewiring it. And she doesn't want to do it. And so she goes out into the crowd and, you know, says, oh, to all the Japanese people out there, please kill yourselves, and fires into the crowd and kills someone and starts this whole thing. And it's so horrible because Lelouch is, like, watching in horror as he made his sister go back on her beliefs and just start killing the people that she wanted to protect. And Suzaku sees it all happen and he knows that it's not her fault but he doesn't know how to how to help her and it's just so horrible that in that that, god and in her final like her final moments like she's 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 just killed all of these people the government's following her because she's the princess and lelouch has to shoot her he has to stop her because that's the only way he can stop people from dying and that's when suzaku arrives and sees him kill the person that suzaku basically is like been in love with and he doesn't know why and he doesn't know that Zero's Lelouch yet I believe but he he doesn't know why it happened and Lelouch never clears it up he never tells him and that's one of the really horrible things in the series that you never get any closure like you never Suzaku never hears oh I didn't mean to do it from Lelouch you just he never finds out what really happened he thinks that Lelouch did it and Lelouch in his anger agrees he's like yeah I did do it because what is Lelouch going to do at that point but have to lean into what happened and turn everyone against the Britannian government? Because how, like, what is he going to do? Nobody can know about the Gios. So it's just a really sad, tragic event. And it's just, oh, it's so heart-wrenching. I may have been able to watch that scene earlier. Yeah, we just watched it before and it was so upsetting. Because the thing that also frustrated me was the fact that there's never, he doesn't, why doesn't he just tell him? I know, Suzaku never there's finds no, out. Well, and then, like, as Euphemia's dying, she doesn't even remember what happened, so Suzaku has to lie to her and tell her that the safe zone worked and that the Japanese people are happy as she's dying right in front of him after she... It's just... Oh, God, it's awful. I'll just, I'll just cut this part out. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. It's okay. Um, and then another really sad death in Kogias is Rolo's death, and I'm gonna say when I first watched Kogias when I was younger, I did not really like Rolo. But on my rewatch, I realized that I do really like Rolo. He's a very well-written character, and I think he's very interesting. Um, So for context on Rolo, there's a period of time where Lelouch's memories are wiped, and his Nunnally is kidnapped and replaced with somebody else who pretends to be his brother. But Lelouch figures out what's going on, and he gets his memories back, and then he wants to kill Rolo to get his sister back. And so he just uses Rolo, who's dedicated to him, um, and manipulates him, and Rolo truly thinks that Lelouch is the only person who's ever cared about him because Rolo was raised as an assassin from the time he was a kid. He has never had anyone who has ever loved him. And Lelouch, you know, when he was brainwashed, thought he was his brother and treated him like a brother. But then when Lelouch figured out what was going on, he started treating Rolo badly and then started treating him better to manipulate him. But Rolo doesn't know Lelouch is using him. He thinks that Lelouch is doing this because he cares about him. So he... 
abandons the people he's working for to work for Lelouch because he just wanted someone to care about him and Lelouch never cared about him and Rolo in his jealousy yes he did kill Shirley personally I didn't really find that scene to be very sad because I I'm not a big fan of Shirley's character but I I do understand that Shirley's death is sad but I I don't know. I, I, I personally didn't find it as heart-wrenching as Rolo's death, which I see a lot of people ring Shirley's death above Rolo's, but I didn't even put Shirley's yeah. death on the list. Um, I mean, but yeah, he killed Shirley, but look at how he was raised. I mean, he was raised to kill, and he never felt love before, and, and he never had anyone ever care for him before, and he wants to protect that. Exactly. If he's raised as an assassin and someone finally shows him love, he's going to want to protect that at exactly. all Exactly, and that's the only way he knows yeah. how. So, you know, I, I used to hate Rolo, but I really, really appreciated him on my rewatch. And he, he literally risks his life because his Gios stops his heart every time he uses it. And in order to get Lelouch out of there, he basically kills himself stopping his heart for too long. Oh my god. And he literally risks his life to save someone who lied to him and didn't care about him all along. And Lelouch even tells him that he was lying to him and didn't care about him. And Rolo tells him that he that he does he chooses not to believe that that he chooses to believe that the relationship that he had with Lelouch was real and that they truly were brothers and oh god it's just so awful and so Lelouch's last words to Rolo is Rolo's dying because he sacrificed himself for Lelouch we're reassuring him that the time they spent together was real and that he did care about him and that's really shown by the fact that he like buries the locket that he was that oh. was Nunnally's that Rolo had with Rolo because oh. it was the one thing that Lelouch ever gave him. And so Rolo kept it on him at all times because it really meant a lot to him. Oh. So he buried it with him. And I thought that was a very sincere moment. I think really shows that Lelouch might have actually had some feeling for Rolo because, yeah. I mean, how can you not care about somebody who you think is your sibling? Exactly. God, it's horrible. But yeah, the big death. The big, 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 big death, obviously, is Lelouch's at the end, where Lelouch finally has become the king. He's become the person that everyone hates, or the emperor. Um, And he did this all because of the Zero Requiem, which was his plan, where he would make himself into this vigilante, but also become the emperor and become this figure that people hated so that he could die. And so that all of the hatred of the entire world could be focused on one person, and then once he dies, everyone can come together through their hatred for this one person. So, what? Weird. (laughs) I know, right? So his whole plan, you know, was basically to sacrifice himself and to make himself into a hated person so that, you know, so that people can have peace and be happy and live together in harmony. And the worst part is that Suzaku has to do it. And he has to kill his best friend who he has issues with, who he's had all these problems with. He's They've never seen eye to eye, but they finally have to work together at this final moment. And it's so hard because Suzaku knows he has to do it. And Lelouch does too. And Suzaku can't die because he's cursed with living because Lelouch used Gios on him to make him live. And so basically Lelouch is cursed to die and Suzaku's cursed to live. And I just think that's it's like heart-wrenching but beautiful at the same time. And, you know, Lelouch did all of this for everyone but he still dies with everyone thinking he's a monster. And... It was necessary for all of his work to come to fruition and to end the Britannian rule, but his sister Cornelia calling him a demon after he died was just... It spits on his grave. Like, it def- that defines his legacy. Like, he did all this to help everyone, and she just 
defiles his grave right there and nobody knows his sacrifice that's that's the worst part because mm-hmm. he was trying to do something to help everyone but even everyone including suzaku you know thinks that he's exactly. a monster and just when his body falls because he gets shot and he slides down a ramp mm-hmm. to where nunnally is oh my God. and she realizes in that moment that he planned it all along that the, oh. he meant for that to happen and she she just breaks down and it's just heart-wrenching and sad and horrible and god i love this anime so much but it really hurts me <laughs> um yeah some people choose to believe that lelouch didn't die some people choose to believe that he did die um all i know is that in the movies they created an alternate timeline where he did live but it is still considered an alternate universe and r1 and r2 are considered canon so i i want to believe that lelouch lived but i also love the ending where he doesn't yeah, there are some things, uh, some animes where you want to think they're alive. Probably not, but we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Emotional. Sorry for rambling too long about Kogios. No. I just had three whole deaths no, for that one. loves Kogios. It's like... And then another one on the list. Yeah, Kogios I probably... It's between Kogios and Death Note for my third favorite wow. anime. Intense. Um, so I guess I'll go on to number five. And number five is Given. Um, I really like Given. I've rewatched it many times and the movie, but I'm focusing on just the anime itself, not the movie. And I'm not focusing on the manga because I know that the movie was especially based on the books between... We'll, we'll get there. Between a certain <laughs> relationship. So yeah, it starts off with uh, Ritsuka, and he's a high schooler, and he really just likes to sleep, to be honest, and he... <laughs> yes, just like Raven, <laughs> the dog sleeping. Um, he likes to sleep in school you uh during breaks and stuff like that he'll go to a hall and he'll sleep like <laughs> near the on the stairs kind of um he's tired i know i mean it must be hard being that handsome he's a black haired <laughs> anime boy of course of course <laughs> so he then uh one time encounters this kid with like orangish hair and he uh later it's mafuyu mafuyu of course of he's the you know, other main character. <laughs> so Mafuyu has a guitar and uh, Ritsuka is like, wow, you don't know how to string a guitar, right? Because one of the strings broke and he's like, let me fix that for you. So he fixes it for Mafuyu and Mafuyu's like, oh, do you play the guitar or whatever? And they get on talking about, I want to say the a guitar for like the 50th time, but they start talking about <laughs> instruments and guitars and Mafuyu is begging Ritsuka to teach him how to play the guitar and Ritsuka doesn't want it, he doesn't want any part of Mufuyu, he's just doesn't like the fact that this kid's following him around everywhere he goes, when he goes home you know, everything. So finally one time he kind of just cracks and he is like okay, well, you can come to one of the band practices I have because uh, Ritsuka has a band with two guys who are older than him. One's Haruki he's, uh, I think, 22 and then the other one's Akihiko, who's 20 and Akihiko is uh, he, he's a college student, but he also has a kind of, I, I think Ritsuka's sister was, is his ex. So there's kind oh. of that, yeah, and, and, uh, she still likes Akihiko, and Akihiko's like, he's kind of a all-around kind of guy, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, uh, Mafuyu goes to the practice, and they are all like, what, who's this dude? And then they, he, they introduce him, and, um, yeah, then they all get along, and then Mafuyu is still being persistent, and then one time Ritsuka hears Mafuyu 
he was asking about a song and he kind of sings it a little bit and then Ritsuka his life flashes before his eyes and he's like <laughs> bro you gotta join the band and because they need a singer they don't so have please. one I know right because um Akihiko is the drummer and then um Haruki is the bass player I say not very confidently but, um <laughs> so yeah he's like join the band and uh they he eventually joins the band but they keep asking him to write a song they need lyrics for a song and he can't do it he's struggling he keeps saying he's going to the group's obviously getting frustrated he's still practicing the guitar but he's not the best at it whatever um but then there's this girl that likes ritsuka and she is jealous about the fact that ritsuka doesn't pay attention to anyone except when mafuyu comes to find him when he's sleeping at his desk Ritsuka will wake up to go hang out with Mafuyu. This girl gets jealous. Does she not and, realize? Yeah, exactly. Girl, come on. There's yeah. something called gays. Like, do you know what the deal yeah, that like, is? Yeah, like, <laughs> And uh, so she finds out about Mafuyu, about why he left his old school, and she says it was because he was gay, or he is gay, and he has an ex-boyfriend who killed himself because of Mafuyu. And Ritsuka, he's... I think, honestly, he wasn't really affected by what she said, but I feel like it bothered him because it's none of her business, you know? Who who is she to say that? But she obviously said it so he would feel something for her. But uh, then some other students that Mifuya used to know come over and they try and talk to him while they're at band practice and at the venue, and uh, he doesn't want to talk to them, he doesn't want any part of that, and it's even more suspicious to Ritsuka, and... uh, yeah. Yeah, you know. <laughs> You're like, why are you running away from these guys? And the whole time, Mafuyu and Ritsuka are getting closer, but uh, Mafuyu's still kind of, he can't write the lyrics, he's kind of quiet, and it kind of does get frustrating at one point, because he just doesn't add any input, and you're like, come on, bro, talk. Do something. So, I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so then he finds out that the guitar that Mafuyu carries around is the guitar that belonged to his ex-boyfriend, who killed himself and Mufuya blames himself for his boyfriend I think his boyfriend's name is Yuki he blames himself for his death because yeah Yuki Yoshida he blames himself for the death because uh, he he got mad at him and it's something he's like would you die for me and then lo and behold yes apparently he will and uh. yeah so Mufuya's obviously broken up about Uh-oh. it <laughs> yeah so he can't let anyone in because you know he genuinely thinks that he killed his ex-boyfriend who he knew since he was a kid they were super in love and it was really cute um it's fine uh so <laughs> so Amafuyu is slowly coming out of his shell especially with Ritsuka encouraging him and he's still kind of you know Ritsuka kind of is still trying to act all tough or whatever but he does anything for Mafuyu like for example when he go when they are getting ready to perform for the show they don't have any faith in uh, Mufuyu because they didn't have he doesn't have any lyrics and he doesn't have anything they just have a song that they were going to play so they don't have any faith in him and then Mufuyu's guitar strings break so then Ritsuka runs out of there he goes to buy you know, replacements and restrings the guitar before the show and he, and it's one of those things where it was like he'll do he'll do anything for him because he has feelings for him but hasn't been addressed between the two yet it's kind of there's kind of something and Ritsuka starts realizing that he likes him um but yeah so they're performing and then all of a sudden Mufuyu starts singing and the lyrics are they're basically about how he can't forgive himself for what he did 
um, and he still feels guilty, but he's got to move on. It's very emotional. It's <laughs> we watched it earlier, and I was I haven't even yeah. seen this anime, and I was crying just from that scene. It's so it's just so important and meaningful, and it just shows that he. It even flashes back to when they were together, and it's like oh, it's just a, it's just a shot to the heart. But uh, so it's talking about how he needs to move on, and he's like you know every everywhere I I go I see you, and it's Ritsuka kind of uh, transforming into Yuki, and. Um, then he kind of realizes that Ritsuka's there for him all the time. He's kind of how Yuki was for him. But then after the show, they go behind the stage and Ritsuka's so excited he kisses Mufuyu, but he doesn't even remember it later on. So <laughs> they're kind of on a oh little weird thing. Like, does he like me? Does he like me? Um, but then there's one point where Mufuyu says something and it's a really funny scene where Ritsuka, this like sign goes over his head and it's like, it's mutual. And um, <laughs> it was really, it was really cute. And of course the other relationships in this are cute too. But the thing that broke me was the whole entire song and just flashing back to that because I mean, it's once you know why Mufuyu is that way, it makes sense that, you know, he, he is so upset about it because anyone would blame themselves for something like that if if they said that to someone before they you know kill themselves yeah. and the friends from the old school are trying to you know talk to him too because ever since uh yuki died he hasn't talked to them um they all kind of reconcile at the end and they go a little bit more into their relationship in the movie but the movie base uh is focused on akihiko and haruki in their relationship which is also very emotional but i'm not going to get into that one but that one made me cry a lot because it's very <laughs> sad and it's about giving things up to help the ones you love and it's very sad but yeah that those sounds really me. sad it, it's oh my god black hair name my boy too of and, course and akihiko's so cool just he, he's so cool he's the guy with all the piercings on the short hair oh he's the, yeah mm-hmm. so cool but very yeah handsome. he that's a very great anime i've watched it many a times and um yeah so what we have for four and three, they're kind of on the same level because one is one that Veronica is obsessed with. It's it's, it's my favorite it's, anime. <laughs> yeah. And the and other one is something that absolutely destroyed me in every way, shape, and form. I will never be the same person. Um, I'm triggered constantly by this. But I don't think either of us have watched the other one all the way through. Exactly. Where we can really decide which one would be above the other. Exactly. So I think it's it's fair to have them in the same rank because one and two we've watched together and we will get into that. Yes, yeah, so we'll get into those. <laughs> so yes, uh, my number four, three, whatever is Banana Fish and man, oh Banana Fish. I will, <laughs> uh, especially since Veronica hasn't seen this, I'm going to explain a little bit of the background and also it gives you a better understanding of the characters. So yeah, so Ash Lynx is the main character and he takes care of his brother Griffin who was injured in the Vietnam War um, because he kind of started acting a little bit crazy and he, because you later, he laid, he, the first words that he's, or the last words that he says as, you know, he's on the ground after he shot and killed his friend, um, you know, during the Vietnam War is banana fish and Ash is taking care of him and his brother's severely handicapped. He can't really function or anything like that. And Ash is trying to figure out what banana fish is. Uh, because, I mean, if that's the last thing his brother says, he wants to figure it out. He wants to know what happened to his brother. Um, so, yeah, Ash is, I believe, he's 18. He's a very young gang leader in New York, and he sees a dying man on the street, and um, this man gives him something, and he says, it's banana fish. So then Ash has banana fish, and he's trying to figure out what it is, and he's yeah, I'm trying also to, trying yeah. to figure out what it is. <laughs> like, What's banana fish? Um, I've always wondered. I know. It, I, that, when I first watched it, I guess banana fish. I'm 
That's banana fish. <laughs> ah, okay. So, um, yeah, Ash is trying to figure out what banana fish is, and it's kind of hard for him to figure it out because there's this guy named Golzine or Dino, but I'm gonna call him Golzine. He is a mob boss that basically groomed Ash from the time he was a kid, and he's actually his legal guardian, which is disgusting mm. because he oh. used Ash in many disgusting ways. This poor kid was basically, oh yeah, poor thing. I, yeah, it, that's it that goes, is sad. Yeah, I wouldn't usually talk about something like that but it plays into it and it's just a big part of something so good so that's why i have to describe it yeah and he um yeah so he's uh this guy golzine keeps coming after ash and ash obviously doesn't want to be any part of that because he's sick and tired of being you know abused and assaulted all the time and um that's to the point where he meets a photographer from japan um his name is i'll call him ebay um, his name's eBay, and his assistant's Edgy, and Edgy is, I, he's close to Ash's age, I think he's a little bit older, and he's, Edgy yeah, is. <laughs> he's, the, he's, um, Japanese, so everyone else is American besides, um, besides, uh, eBay, and obviously Edgy, so they travel to the U.S. from Japan to report on the street gangs, and, um, yeah, Ash is obviously part of the street gangs, he's kind of cool with everyone, because they have their own territories, like, for example, Shorter Wong, he is the leader of Chinatown, and Shorter Wong. Okay, we'll get we'll get to that. Oh, your voice shorter. Oh, shorter. Shorter is <laughs> the best. Shorter is so cute. Shorter is so sweet. He's perfect. Anyway, oh yeah. Well, not everyone else is American. You know what I mean? With the Ash Golzine kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So then Ash's brother ends up dying, and uh, oh Ash, I yeah right. Poor Griffin. And, um, I remember Ash, you telling me about that too. So up. What the heck? It's just he couldn't even do anything because he's in a like a vegetative state because of freaking banana fish. What is banana fish? <laughs> <laughs> so then Ash and everyone uh, like uh, Max, who is someone he encountered uh, in the prison kind of thing, uh, they try and figure out what banana fish is. And this is with Edgy, Shorter, eBay. All of them are trying to figure it out and. Uh, some other part people there in his gang and gangs around him that he's close with. Um, so they're traveling and they meet other people, like uh, pe- family members of the people in the gangs, and they discover that the ban- banana fish is wanted because it brainwashes. It's a brainwashing drug, and Golzine mm. wants to sell it to the government in America to basically cause a you know everything in control just, oh, you know oh, basically just brainwash everyone and become okay, in america you know, yeah exactly right um, americans so, yeah i know right <laughs> so then so this is the part i thought would just be the sad part Golzine captures ash and company and gets the banana fish and he injects shorter with the banana fish and yeah and, and he tells shorter to kill edgy um, and shorter, uh, he there's there's kind of a point where he is a little bit conscious when Ash is trying to talk to him, being like, you know, don't kill him. Don't, this isn't this isn't you. And it's very hard for Ash because this is his best friend, and he is kind of realizing he has to kill his best friend. Um, yeah. So um, shorter begs Ash to kill him, and uh, Ash does. He he kills shorter, um, and no. yeah, it was it was heartbreaking. And uh, once he dies, China, the, uh, the gangs in Chinatown and all around are kind of questioning Ash because all they heard was that Ash killed 
the leader of Chinatown. So then this kid named, um, I think it's Yin Tai. I think he doesn't want to help. He's an, he's one of the members of the group in Chinatown who really loves Shorter. And his half-brother, I believe, is the one that's in charge after. And he's only a 14-year-old, so oh. whatever. But this, this kid's half-brother does not like Ash, does not want any part of him. So he's like, I'm not going to help you, whatever. Um, but his brother tells him to suck it up, basically. Um, so then Ash, in return, destroys Golzine's stocks. So basically, you know, he loses everything. So he has to leave the United States, uh, you know, because he has no money anymore. Um, love that. Uh, <laughs> Same. I know, right? So then uh, Ash, the whole time, obviously, there are still people after Ash, families of the gangs who are after him. Um, there's a family that's really prominent that I'll talk about, too. Um, and... They, he's, yeah, he's partnering with the other gangs. They're working together. Um, you know, at first they're kind of apprehensive, but they, they come together because there's a bigger thing that they need to fix. And, um, there's this character called Sing Suling, and he's, um, he's kind of an apprentice, um, and he's quite a prominent character. Um, yeah, so he essentially gets Ash taken to a facility, um, called Unit unicorn course and uh they fake ash's death ash's death so then everyone thinks ash is dead all the gangs do they're like oh my god what what happened and and edgy obviously thinks that he's dead and Aww. yeah it's and they're using um ash as a test subject um Aww. yeah it's messed up and um ash um he escapes and he escapes because well i'll get to that but yeah ash <laughs> ash <Me>. escapes <laughs> and golzin comes back and then Yutlong, which is um, one of the, it's it's one of the guys in like the the royalish, like they're kind of high up in the gang, the Chinese family. He's um, he injected his brother with banana fish, so his brother can no longer function, so he can be in charge. So yeah, um, he and Golzin kind of get together and they want to kill people, everyone, so they can become the mob leaders of Japan, um, not Japan. I'm sorry of basically the world you know just the world in its entirety <laughs> oh, the world mom. yeah i know right um so then golzine hires this guy named blanca and blanca is an assassin who trained ash so basically he's the only one that will be because ash is a great fighter of course and he's the only one who knows ash's moves because he taught ash so yeah um golzine hires blanca and then um he threatens to kill edgy if Ash doesn't go back to Goldzine, so then Ash is like, yeah, okay, fine. Um, and, yeah, so it's obviously, you know, the same things that happened before Resume, um, and Edgy luckily goes to rescue Ash, but when they find him, it's at this, like, dinner party, and, and, and Ash is in a wheelchair because they're doing tests on him, they're, you know, and doing crazy stuff to his brain, injecting him with stuff, they put some stuff in his eyes that made him not be able to see, um, like, they did that at the, uh, you know, ballroom party. I don't know what the hell. Um, but so yeah, um, Edgy rescues Ash with the other gangs, including Ash's gang. And um, Ash escapes and captures Yutlong, which is uh, one of the uh, Chinese involved within the family that wants to kill Ash and also is working with Golzine, um, but comes to a compromise that he'll release him to save his friends. So then there's a battle for banana fish. It happens inside of this facility and everything is getting destroyed along the way and it's to the point where ash has the banana fish in a briefcase and he's carrying it but there's one part where he 
cannot hold on to it and I, I can't remember exactly he was trying to save I don't know if it was Blanca or it was someone but he was trying to save someone but he couldn't grab the person's hand because the person was holding the briefcase with banana fish and he's like drop it just just drop it so banana fish gets destroyed thankfully good um, yeah so no one else can be you know messed up by it and it was a very it was an amazing scene there's so many great fighting scenes but I do have to criticize edgy love him but 90% of the time Ash caught hurt because of Edgy. Like Ash is fighting someone on top of a train and Edgy's not supposed to be there because Ash has been trying to get Edgy to go back to Japan to protect him. And Edgy screams out Ash's name. Ash looks, he gets stabbed. Oh my so, god. So, you know, I'm like, what? Bro. Edgy. Yeah. It, and that's not the first time he did it. He's done something stupid Bro. like that. Yeah. That, go back to Japan. Yeah, I know. With all due respect, go back to Japan. <laughs> Just let let Ash deal with I, it. Exactly. He's a gang leader. What do you expect? Yeah. I mean, I know you're in love with him, bro, but like give him a sec he can handle it yeah exactly so mash mash max who is the uh he was working alongside ash and everything like that he publishes an article about um the child sex ring and he posts it in newsweek and it takes down a lot of politicians so um they can't do that stuff anymore like kind of sounds like something else that happened i know right kind of, <laughs> kind of crazy kind of interesting right yeah. yeah and when did this come out um in like the 90s I think. yeah okay yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, right <laughs> kind of kind of crazy yeah. it's almost like predicting something i don't know but there's reconciliation with the characters and yulong agrees to stop pursuing ash and this is an important part yulong is no longer going to go after ash because they came to an agreement golzin's dead you know blanca became uh partners not partners but blanca is good with ash again because for some reason the whole time when he wanted to kill him he still wanted to protect him at the same time he kept telling ash how to get away from golzine so yeah he's so blanca is kind of on good terms with ash now because the whole time he was telling ash how to get away from golzine even though at the same time he was beating ash up and you know giving him to golzine and it was messed up, but you know, the whole time you can't help to not like Blanca because he's a pretty cool character. All the characters are pretty good except, you know, Golzine and all that stuff. They can, you know, choke and die. Um, but so, like I said, I thought Shorter's death was the thing that was going to affect me. Just the only thing that was going to affect me. And once again, like I said, Yulung agrees to stop pursuing Ash. So, um, Ash no longer wants to put Edgy in danger. This whole time, Edgy is talking about Japan and how peaceful it is there, and Ash can get a fresh start going to Japan, and Ash is, at first he's kind of like, no, but then he kind of warms up to the idea, and warming up to the idea of going to Japan with Edgy and kind of starting a new life over there, um, but he's still thinking about it, but once everything's over and done with, um, he distanced himself from Edgy because he doesn't want to put Edgy in any more danger, of course, because he's a gang leader and there's still, you know, a ton of people out there, naturally, right? Yeah. Um, so he stops talking to Edgy and, oh my god, okay, th this, this is it. This is so, it. Mm -hmm. So, Ash knows that Edgy is going on a plane back to Japan and Edgy's actually boarding at the time with eBay and he... Ash is inside of, I believe it's his house, and he finds a letter, and the letter is basically talking about how much Ash meant to him, and how, you know, being with him was was amazing, and, and he had such a good time, and he wants him to come to Japan to be with him, and, mm -mm. you know, they would just, they would just have 
time together and then um in the letter um edgy wrote my 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 soul is always with you which i think that was the part where ash was like gotta go get him and the best part is is edgy left a plane ticket so ash takes the plane ticket and he goes and he runs over to go find edgy um but he remember the guy that i said that he's the half brother that basically was not down with with ash because uh-huh. of the whole death of shorter yep. he didn't know that Yulong and ash were cool again so he still thought that they had a little thing going <gasps> on so as he's walking past him he stabs him in, in the stomach i believe it was the stomach and oh my God. yeah and uh ash is obviously weak right now because of everything so uh yeah he's so focused on the letter that he gets stabbed and yeah so it sucks so much. It's so sad. I that is I've, really I've been, sad. Th- this and, messed me up. And he, Edgy, never finds out, right? What happens is, she, uh, Ash realizes that he's not going to make it. So the place where he went when he needed time to be alone or whatever was the library. He loved the library. So he goes in the library. He pulls out a seat. He sits there. He lays his head down, and he's holding the letter, smiling, and he dies. Oh my god. Are you kidding? Yeah, and Edgy never finds out. And Edgy never finds no. out. So he that... probably just thinks that Ash didn't want to see him again. And that he just never showed up? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's not even fair. No. Like, they can't even do no. that to you. In my heart, I, I want to believe that Ash is somehow... Why did they have to do that at the end? I was so excited when I saw him with that ticket. I was crying because I was happy for him. Then I see him get stabbed. I'm like, oh no, he's going to be fine. He's... No. no. Yeah, dude, maybe yours should be number three. <laughs> this... But the years destroyed you too. Okay, yeah. Neither of ours have a, have a good no, ending. Let's no, be real. I'm never gonna recover from this. It's, I highly recommend it. It's something that, it had BL elements, and I guess it can be considered a shonenite or BL if you really wanted to, because uh, Edgy clearly has feelings for Ash, and there's a scene where Ash does kiss Edgy, but it's to get like a note, like to him. Mm. Yeah. So. Oh, through their mouths. Yeah, through their mouths. Yeah, because he's you know locked away. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, that happens, and it. Oh, this is uh, an anime and manga that's really popular amongst men, and it was kind of one of those things that introduced them to BL and became comfortable with the idea of two men being the love interests inside of a, an anime or manga. So it's really good, it's really deep, and you will cry, and it's so great. I'll just say. And that's all I can say about Banana Fish right now. I mean, I could talk about it for eight years, but <laughs> I'm not mentally ready for that, even though it's been a while since I watched it. Um rest in peace ash and shorter it's not fair shorter you didn't that deserve is not ash. fair no just dis- disgusted in the beginning when i saw ash i'm like oh he's a cool character whatever he quickly became the best i i liked shorter than edgy than ash then it was like shorter and ash are edgy you're annoying and of course both of your favorites it, that yeah naturally i mean At relatable though yeah right oh. Every, every time speaking of deaths we're gonna get into number four slash three and that is Hi, I'm so sorry for ending it there, but I thought it was a good point, and this is already over an hour, so I will put part two up hopefully sometime next week. Uh, Like I said, there's some stuff going on right now, but I hope that this is enough for now, and I hope you like it so far because we really like talking about this. So again, sorry and enjoy.